Vacationing in Hawaii in 2019, there was an innocent mistake that could have easily cost me my sobriety. Be sure to listen in to today's episode to find out what that innocent mistake was. You are listening to the Your Shining Self podcast for women who need messages of hope, love, and transformation. And now your host, Tish. Hey there, listeners. It's Tish from ShiningSelf.com and the Your Shining Self podcast, the host. And today I've decided to fly solo. So I'm going to share a little story with you. And let me give you a little back information first before I jump in. So I have a friend that used to be a journalist. And she recently was interviewing me for a collaborative book project that I am working on. Uh, in October, I am going to be an author. So anyways, we were chatting and, you know, she said often that, and I can't remember her exact words, but so often we share the story from this is what it was like, which is point A, to this is what it's like now, point B. But there's so much stuff in the middle that often doesn't get shared. And that's something that really, um, like just really hit home with me about my alcoholism and, um, you know, my sobriety. I have been sober for over six years now, but I often, when I tell the story about my alcoholism and, you know, my journey to sobriety, so often I share from point A, what it was like, and then I talk about point B, what it's like now. So um, the story that I want to share today is something that happened not that long ago, and I didn't publicly talk about it. I talked to a couple friends about it, and the reason that I didn't publicly talk about it was because I was I was concerned with how other people were going to view me if I was to go public with it. And it's funny because one of the first things that I learned way back eight years ago in AA was what other people think of me is none of my business. But I held back from sharing this because I was so worried about what other people in recovery and even those that weren't in recovery, you know, how they would, they would view what happened. Um, and another reason I didn't share it is because of people that I used to be around in recovery who were so black and white and boom, 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 this is the way it is, you know, if this happens, blah, blah, blah. And okay, so now that I've rambled all that, I bet you want to know what happened. So let me jump into the story. So in November, the end of November last year, beginning of December, the boyfriend and I took an amazing trip to Hawaii. And the night before we were supposed to leave, we had tickets to go to um, a, oh my gosh, I can't think of the word, um, a luau. And, you know, they had like a big dinner thing, a buffet dinner and everything, well, there was so much like commotion with so many people waiting in line to get seated and yada, yada, yada. So as you know, we finally are, the doors open out onto this big open, um, like upper deck of the building space where the luau was going to be held. 
you know, they finally open those doors. There's more commotion as a gazillion people are, you know, in line waiting. They had like one or two, um, I guess you would call them hosts that, you know, would seat you and your party. So there's all sorts of commotion going on, lots of conversation, chit chat going on. The boyfriend and I are talking amongst ourselves. Um, you know, we're looking at everything that they're doing out to get everything set up and not paying attention to when it becomes our turn for the host to seat us. And, you know, the host, um, the host takes us over to sit us down at the table. And all the while this is happening, I, um, I noticed that, you know, the host is bringing, um, a couple glasses over to sit at the table with us, not thinking anything about it, um, because there's, you know, families that have their kids there and these cups are being sat, you know, at all the tables. Um, so, you know, much to my dismay and complete horror, I take a sip of that and instantly, as soon as it hits my mouth, I was like, it was immediately spit back into the cup. And I just looked at the boyfriend and I said, holy shit, that has alcohol in it. And, um, you know, he picked his up and he took a drink and he's like, yeah, that's definitely an alcoholic beverage. So I, I mean, I freaking freaked out because here I had been sober over six years and I haven't so much as, you know, obviously had um, any alcohol touch my lips and all of a sudden, you know, here alcohol is in my mouth and I did not willingly, or I shouldn't say willingly. I mean, I willingly took a drink of that drink, but I did not knowingly take a drink of that knowing that there was alcohol in that drink. Now, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and thinking back onto this whole experience, you know, had I been paying more attention to when we were in line um, and it was becoming our turn for the host to go seat us, um, you know, I would have noticed that there was two different sets of drinks. Obviously, there was the non-alcoholic drink for the kids and the adults that didn't want the alcoholic drinks. And then there was the drink that had the alcohol in them. And there was so much commotion going on that the host actually asked us a question when, you know, he was getting ready to seat us. And because I was not paying attention to him, the boyfriend wasn't paying attention to him, I can only assume that the question that he asked was alcohol or no alcohol, you know, um, in the drink. So I, you know, after, after this happens, it, um, I don't want to say that it wrecked the night because I had a fabulous night, but in the back of my head, I could not stop thinking about the fact that after all this time sober, I had, um, you know, that little bit of alcohol in my mouth and, um, again, did not swallow it. I mean, as soon as it like was in my mouth and I realized, holy shit, this is alcohol, it was spit right back out in the cup. Um, but it really, like, it really messed with my head. I, you know, for like the rest of that night, I started thinking about, wow, you know, a fruity drink would really taste good. And it just started to like, like consume my thoughts. And that is not a good place for me as an alcoholic to be in 
once I start obsessing over the alcohol again, um, it's worrisome. So, uh, you know, we get back home and I, um, I'm in touch with some of my old AA friends and an old sponsor that I had, you know, chatting with her about what had happened. And, um, the reason that I was concerned with sharing it with some of the, um, the, and not even like my old recovery friends from when I lived back in Michigan. I wasn't concerned with sharing with them because I did share with a couple of them. But I was concerned with, I'm a part of this um, like big group where a bunch of women that are in recovery, we, um, it's a online group. And I was concerned about sharing in there what happened, even though that's supposed to be quote unquote a safe space. Because there are some of those people that I wasn't sure if they were going to, you know, chew me a new asshole, basically. And um, I had heard people, you know, back in early recovery when I had been around the tables and stuff, you know, I had heard a couple people talk about how even if alcohol touches your lip, you know, that's like a relapse and you have to like start over, which I think is complete bullshit. If you willingly and knowingly pick up to take a drink of alcohol, yes, that's an entirely different situation. But again, my situation was not, I did not knowingly, is knowingly the right word? Is that a word even, knowingly? Um, I did not pick that drink up knowing that there was alcohol in that. So it was not my intention to take a drink of alcohol. So, you know, for me and my journey, I do not feel that that is any form of relapse. And I do not feel that, you know, I had to pick a new sobriety date because I had alcohol in my mouth. It was honestly an innocent, um, you know, mistake. And like I said, as soon as that alcohol touched my lip, I spit it back into the cup. So it's not like I even swallowed any, but, um, it was just a really, I don't even know how to put it into words. It just really threw me for a loop. And, you know, here we get back from vacation and all of a sudden I am consumed with thoughts of drinking, something that I hadn't really had a problem with, um, you know, lately. And, um, and I think back to, you know, when I was in early recovery, oh my God, the thought of drinking and alcohol, it like literally ran my life. I mean, that's all I thought about was consuming alcohol. And uh, the further that I've gotten into my journey of being sober and the, the longer time that I get under my belt, I don't really have those... Um, those obsessive thoughts anymore. Sure, every now and then I will still have a random drinking dream. And those are, those are freaking crazy. Like those dreams can be so realistic and real that I will actually wake up from one of those dreams and have to go check and make sure that my car is parked in, you know, the spot that I know that I park it in every night because Back when I was drinking and blacking out, um, you know, it was common for my car to not be where it should be and for me to not know where my car was or to know how I got home and things like that. Um, but, you know, all that to say that um, 
And I don't want to make it sound like because I've been sober for over six years that I'm not in any danger of ever going back out and drinking because, oh my gosh, you know, alcoholism is cunning and baffling. I mean, it's literally always waiting around the corner to catch me when I am, um, you know, when I let my guard down and when I'm not doing the things that I need to be doing. So, you know, it was, it was, it was worrisome when I get back from vacation and now I had let that, um, you know, alcohol touch my lips and I now all of a sudden am obsessively thinking about drinking and, you know, a thought here and there would pop up like, oh, it's, um, you know, the weekend, a beer would be nice, or, you know, we would go to his brother's house, and, um, like, his brother and him, the boyfriend, you know, they would have a beer or something, and, like, my mouth would start salvatating. Is that how you say that? I don't know. But I would, like, be, like, that obsessive over, oh, my God, I, you know, want some alcohol. I want a drink. So I, um, you know, like I mentioned, I was in contact with an old sponsor, had reached out to a couple AA friends, and, um, you know, I started sharing with them to let them know what was going on. I went to a couple local AA meetings, things like that, but it was really scary because this went on for probably like three or four months, um, yeah, we got back like December, so January, February, March, I don't know. So anyways, you know, this went on for a couple months, and I'm happy to say that, you know, that compulsive thought of drinking and, um, you know, wanting that alcohol in my system, that I do not have those thoughts or that desire to drink anymore, but um, it was just a really, I... Honestly, I don't even know how to put into words what that experience was like. It was, um, it was, I guess it was kind of eye-opening to remind me how even after six years, something as simple as a mistake in picking up a drink that has alcohol in it and letting it, you know, touch my lips, something as um, innocent as that can literally, like, boom, flip the switch and turn that compulsive desire to drink back on. Um, so it was a little bit eye-opening in that fact that, you know, that's all it literally could take. And had I not, and thankfully this happened, you know, when I was with the boyfriend, so there's no way in hell, you know, he would have let me um, willingly pick up, you know, like a drink and um, anything like that. So thankfully this happened as I'm with, you know, somebody that has my back when it comes to my sobriety and, um, you know, how important this is, not just to me, but to him and those around me. Um, because it easily could have, had I been with others that didn't know my journey, didn't know about my alcoholism, um, something like that, I mean, it could have very easily turned into a relapse where I would have been drunk that night and 
probably blacking out. Um, so I'm just, I'm so freaking thankful that it happened in the presence of the boyfriend and somebody that cares about me staying, you know, sober for not only my good, but his good. <laughs> um, and then I'm just also uh, really thankful that I, you know, I still, while I don't attend meetings like I used to, I used to attend, you know, several a week. I don't do that anymore. And that is something that I do want to change in my life. Um, and of course, now that we're in the middle of, well, I can't even say the middle anymore because it's been going on forever. But, um, you know, with the pandemic and stuff, it's not as easy to do like in-person meetings anymore. Um but I'm thankful that I have all the tools and the resources and I know what needed to be done when that happened and that I had the, um, you know, the know-how, I guess, to reach out and share what had happened with a few close people so that they could kind of, um, you know, guide me along and keep me on the straight and narrow, I guess, because it was... I mean, it's been months now since this happened, but every once in a while, I just think back to it and I think, holy shit, that situation could have been so much worse than what it was. And I'm so freaking thankful that it was not. Um, now, going back to that whole, um, you know, I mentioned that I had heard people say before, you know, you touch alcohol in your mouth, then it's kind of like a relapse. Now, going back to that, I call bullshit on that. Again, if you knowingly and willingly pick up alcohol to take a drink and drink it, then yes, that's an entirely different situation than what happened for me. But I think back to I was almost two years sober when I first went into AA, and I think back to that relapse. That relapse was so entirely different than this situation that happened when I was in Hawaii where I unknowingly, you know, had alcohol in my mouth. My relapse happened way before the actual drinking of alcohol happened. It started in my head. I had been, oh yeah, I got this, you know, I've been sober almost two years, I don't crave alcohol, um, you know, I was telling myself all that, and then it started with, I got this, I can have one drink. And then it turned into friends coming in from out of town and, um, you know, inviting me to meet them at the bar, and that turned into, again, oh yeah, I got this, you know, I can handle this. So what happened in Hawaii was not a relapse. It was so entirely different than the actual relapse that I happened, that I had, you know, two years into the program. Um, but, like, I'm not sure, like, what I'm trying to say in my head or what I'm trying to say to you guys. Um, it's just, it was such a, a weird situation that just rattled me so bad, but I'm so thankful and blessed that it happened the way that it happened and that I was with somebody that wouldn't let me drink and that, you know, it was just like a reminder of, hey, sure, you've been sober for, you know, over six years now, but you are 
the alcoholism is still there. That obsessive, compulsive desire for alcohol in your system is still there. So, um, again, I'm just really thankful that, you know, it happened the way that it did. And the situation did not turn out worse. So that's the story that I wanted to share with you today. I thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day. If you'd like to get the show notes from today's episode, be sure to head on over to shiningself.com forward slash 30. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Your Shining Self podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, and share with others that need a message of hope, love, and transformation.